When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I have a theme I want to talk about, employment and coronavirus. Businesses have a lot to figure out right now. Vaccines, lack of workers, what they're paying people. I'll hit all three of these straight ahead. And also want to talk about what we're going to do with all this vacant office space in America. So you've seen day by day large employers issuing mandates that are requiring employees to be vaccinated by a certain date. And I remember when I saw the first of these pop up about two months ago, and then exactly a month ago, One of the media companies that I do work for issued a mandate that you had uh, basically 60 days to get fully vaxxed, including your two weeks after the second shot, or you were terminated. And they were really early in the game. And this thing of having to be vaxxed to stay employed is becoming a thing with more and more of corporate America, and really big companies and medium-sized companies, not happening a lot with small companies. But in the political divide we have in the country, the profession that has had more division over mandating vaccines have been hospital systems, where some hospital systems have been very firm that you get vaccinated or you're fired, where others have not required any such thing is they're already facing significant labor shortages in medicine. And so a lot of hospital systems are afraid to mandate vaccines for their workers as a a lack of a vaccine being a cause of termination. And this is something we're feeling our way through And I know if you are someone who is political on vaccines, no matter what I say, people are going to be angry and that's just okay. But the reason for the big move by corporate America in recent weeks to mandate vaccines is because there's a visceral fear among companies that the economy is going to slow because of the Delta variant and whatever else comes along following the, um, the Delta variant. Because every time something like that happens, demand in the marketplace contracts. A lot of restaurateurs are already seeing a drop in restaurant traffic 
because of the Delta variant. Southwest Airlines just announced to the financial community that they saw a significant immediate decline in bookings and a dramatic increase in cancellations by customers as the Delta variant has filled hospitals around the country. And, you know, each person will make his or her own decision about whether or not uh, if there's a mandate for vaccines at where you work, whether you're going to get it or not. And the reality is there are a lot of jobs in the marketplace if you do not want to stay at a place that requires that you be vaccinated. And the vaccine seems from, at least with the Delta variant, to make a huge difference in mortality that not having the vaccine has led to a real problem in fatalities, even with younger people. And so it is, again, your choice in a free market. And if you are worried about the side effects of the vaccine and you choose not to be vaccinated, uh, that is a personal preference. You may have heard me over a matter of months talk about since January 14th, the day I got my first vaccine, how intensely excited I was to get that first vaccine in February 11th when I got my second one, and then February 25th when I was two weeks out from that because I have a lot of uh, pre-existing health conditions that made me extremely vulnerable to dying from COVID. And so for me, the vaccine was a great freedom for me and a relief. And there are people who very much resent uh, the idea of an employer saying that you have to be vaccinated. And you're completely on the opposite side about feelings about the vaccine than I am. The good news for you is if your employer says vaccinate or get lost, the job market is phenomenal for you right now. Do you know that this may be the first time that we've had a statistically significant greater number of job openings than there are people unemployed in the U.S.? And for the first time ever in retail and restaurant, the average worker now is making more than $15 an hour. Significant increase that wages started increasing in the sector three years ago in restaurant and retail. But more recently, it has taken on an added sense of urgency by employers to get more workers and to pay more if they have to. And you talk to employers who are paying less than that, the turnover they're seeing is unreal because people are able to go shop their services elsewhere. And that's something that you should really think about if you're really stretched financially and the employer you're with just is not in a position to pay you more money. As much as you may love the place, you have to make a choice and the marketplace right now will pay you more. So that is really your choice. And the thing with the, the benefits companies are, are offering to lure people or keep people 
in addition to pay. Recently, I told you about Walmart offering free college to full and part-time workers. And now Target is offering free college to full and part-time workers, including free books. And so they're not just interested in attracting workers, they're interested in keeping them. So the opportunity is there to get an education and not even have to pay for it and get paid while you're in school. That's quite a deal. And by the way, if you want to um, shout at me about the vaccines and what I said about them, remember Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. Krista? Okay. Uh, Robin in California has a question. We recently received two brushing packages. We didn't know what they were, and our son told us what they were. My husband opened both packages, a deck of cards, and a cheap kid's tiny plastic ball. We tossed them in the trash. I'm concerned they could use our personal information, maybe hacking into our financial accounts. How do we protect ourselves? I feel violated. So I'm not worried about any of those things happening to you from brushing. I should explain what it is. Brushing is when a seller, usually it'll be on Amazon, although it could be um, other websites, but usually it is Amazon, sends you things you didn't order, sets up a fake email account as if they're you, um, and then puts a review where it appears you're a verified purchaser from them. So being used for broad identity theft, never heard of it. But being a fake identity for you just to be able to improve their seller rating is very much part of the picture right now. And I'll address sometime soon all the issues going on at Amazon right now that have gotten out of control with sellers manipulating ratings and all the ways they're doing it and the risk to you in buying products that might be unsafe, unsuitable, or just crummy based on the ratings that are there. In short, I know we rely on reviews and ratings of products. At least in the Amazon orbit, they have become worthless with apparently more than half of all reviews on Amazon now being fake. So don't rely on those at all going forward. And Robin, those items were yours to use, whatever. They were all about trying to fake out future buyers of other products to believe that the seller was a great seller. And so when that happens to us, it's happened to me many times where I've been brushed. It's just one of those things that you got to be aware that's how much people decide what to buy based on reviews. There's so much money involved in getting a good seller rating that that's why this stuff is going on. This is from Regina in Georgia. Have you ever heard of a gas station pump hose changing the grade to premium? I got gas today and selected low grade. I was charged for premium gas. The cashier said it frequently happens at the pump. The hose drags across the buttons and changes the grade. I've never heard of this before. It would have cost me $8.74, but the manager refunded the difference. Yes. So, Regina, this is happening at modern pumps. The new pumps that have been put in that usually they've done the conversion of the pumps 
in order to have the new card readers that are going to be required in 22. I'm trying to remember when they're going to have to secure the payment system at uh, pay at the pump at gas stations. But as they do that conversion, they're going to these new one-hose fillers. So when you go to put in your card and you select the grade of gas you want, uh, regular, mid-grade, or premium, most people overwhelmingly pick regular, which is what most any car needs. Very few cars need anything other than that. So when they go to the one hose instead of three, where there's, when you pull premium, you're pulling that hose. When you're pulling mid-grade, you're pulling that hose and whatever. As you pull across with that, and you've already selected regular, let's say, and you're putting it in your tank, you got to look back because, yes, the hose may have brushed against the mid-grade or premium, and you end up buying gas you didn't intend to buy at a much higher price per gallon. So, Regina, this is something I've only mentioned once before, only on television, never mentioned on our podcast, so I'm glad you brought it up. The price difference you're talking about, $8.74. That's really cool. The manager did a refund to you. And just know what Regina said. You look back and make sure that the grade you selected is the grade you're getting ready to pump. This is from David in Florida. Clark mentioned on his podcast how little laundry detergent he uses. Does the same principle apply to dishwashing detergent? David, I've never seen that to be the case. It may be true. I just haven't seen that. So I'll look. Because if you didn't hear what I said about laundry detergent, most of us today have HE washers, high-efficiency washers, and you want to put in minuscule amounts of detergent to wash your clothes, and I'll see if there's an equivalent standard that you should be following as you put detergent in to wash your dishes. Oh, and by the way, over and over again, story after story says... Do not pre-rinse your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. And we always do in our house. And I said to my wife, Lane, I said, honey, you know, I just read again today. We're not supposed to pre-rinse our dishes. And she said, okay, yeah, rinse these. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So old habits die hard. So I need to set up an experiment with her where we wash a full load of dishes without pre-rinsing and see if they do fine, because that's a huge waste of water when you pre-rinse your dishes instead of letting the dishwasher do its work. Next, I've got an idea being bandied about to deal with the lack of affordable housing in cities all over the country, and it's an odd one. All over America, people are trying to come up with ways to create more affordable housing is both rentals and purchase homes have priced out of a lot of moderate income home buyers and renters budgets and for years have priced out of those of lower income earners and so i talked about at the height of the pandemic where some innovators were buying hotels that had gone into foreclosure and turning them into efficiency apartments and being able to take existing construction, existing properties and convert them 
is a very inexpensive way to create housing. Well, now there's going to be what I believe almost certainly is going to be a new area of architecture. And that's taking office buildings that are unloved, that may be class B or C. If you're not familiar with how it works, office buildings are graded based on how fancy they are and office building rents go down as they go down in the alphabet. So a lot of companies have reduced the amount of office space that they're going to have. That's why there's been such an enormous sublease market over the COVID period. And even though companies want face-to-face time with their employees, most employers are going to go through a permanent shift, even if they don't want to, because younger workers aren't going to want to be in the office five days a week, period. They might be there a day a week, four or five days a month, two or three days a week. But so many jobs now that involve an office environment aren't going back to five days a week. We just had an all-company meeting, and we had a mix of people who attended in person and those who attended on Google Meets. And so we had the ability for people to be together in person, face-to-face, and uh, then those that were watching over Zoom or Meets. Were we on Zoom or Meets for that one? We were on Meets. We were on Meets. Meets. Okay, I was right. So It's free at your favorite price. It is my favorite price. So the need for space, and we gave up our office space last year during the pandemic and thought we would get space uh, this year and have not done so and don't even know if we're going to get space again and instead just do what companies call off-sites, just have meetings at different places. So there's going to be a need for less office space for a long time and that's why converting office building facilities into housing is something I think has potentially great promise. Not nearly as easy as taking a hotel and converting it into efficiency apartments, but it's still an opportunity where you're not having to go sticks up. The building's already there and you have a conversion, but now with the ability of the marketplace to produce these bathrooms in a box basically where you come in and and you plumb and then you put in a prefab bathroom and you can put in a small kitchen there's a real opportunity to create very affordable housing for people who don't have access to it right now you know out of every crisis there always comes a pivot and a reset and new opportunity And this is one we've got staring us right in the face to deal with this long-standing affordable housing shortage we have across the United States. It shouldn't require what's happening with so many people who earn what uh, on the coast would be considered to be a nice middle-class living but can't afford to live in a decent place to have to pick up and move 
I mean, that is a solution, but it's generally not ideal. So if we can come up with a way without disrupting people's lives to make more affordable housing available, we should be doing that. Krista? Speaking of affordable, Jackie in North Carolina wants to know, when is the best time to purchase a Tempur-Pedic foam mattress? Okay, that's a pretty expensive mattress that you're interested in, Jackie. So the mattress market is going through extreme disruption right now. And there are sales cycles. It seems in the mattress business, every major holiday becomes an excuse for mattress sales. But the mattress market is overserved right now. There are far too many companies making mattresses right now. There's not enough what they talk about in business barriers to entry. Mattress market used to have three major players that controlled the overwhelming share of mattresses sold in the United States. And starting with Casper and what they were able to do with internet sales and the mattresses that are compressed in a box, the mattress market has never been the same. So if you are interested in a Tempur-Pedic, I would encourage you to look at the Consumer Reports mattress ratings and see if there's anything in particular you should be considering as a possibly more affordable alternative for a mattress. You can either through your library see the mattress report, Consumer Reports has, or do one-time access, and they show best buys in the mattress categories that are much, much cheaper than Tempur-Pedic and some of the other premium brands. But the big change in the mattress business is because of the intense competition, the ability for you to return one virtually unconditionally for a three-month or so period and be able to say, you know what, this seemed like a good idea, it didn't turn out to be, and be able to buy another one that after you've tried one and it didn't really deliver for you. So before you buy a very expensive mattress, again, if you want to, if you know Tempur-Pedic's what you want, that's what you want to get, then follow the holiday sale patterns, watch the ads. But the Tempur-Pedic, I'm looking in Consumer Reports' most recent rating, is a $3,000 typical price, only scores a 73, and there are mattresses. These are the foam ones, I the foam, Yeah, the foam is what that is, that are really, really highly rated, much higher rated, and they're $1,000. So that's why I want you to get the one-time access to Consumer Reports, if you don't already subscribe, and buy one that they rate very highly, that you have a right to return for a full refund before you spend several thousand dollars. And from Allen in Florida, with today's daily hacks, criminal elements are succeeding in attacking us financially. There seems to be no stopping this. One of the big three brokerage discounters offers a variety of protection of electronic access to accounts, none of which I truly trust. Due to this, I've elected to suspend all electronic access to my account. To move funds in or out, I must call and verbally identify myself with what's called an enhanced security password, which seems to work fine. 
At that point, I can get the transactions completed with the representative. All my statements are mailed, and I cannot access my account electronically at all. With the way this is set up, I feel that any hack of my account cannot be blamed on anything that I have done or not done. Clark, does this reduce or hopefully eliminate any unauthorized access into my account? <sighs> That's a pretty extreme step you've gone to, Alan. And what Congress needs to do is pass legislation that gives account holders of brokerage accounts, mutual fund accounts, whatever, the same protection as customers of banks and credit unions have, where you are protected from uh, fraud hacks into your account. And what you've done is an extreme step to show that you did not do anything that created vulnerabilities. But the issue is, Hackers do this all day long, and we are all vulnerable with our brokerage accounts, 401k accounts, Roth accounts, mutual fund accounts, all of that, and we're left exposed unless the brokerage itself stands behind its customers. The brokerage you use is wishy-washy on who ends up responsible if an account is hacked, and that's completely ridiculous and unacceptable and They've created a real hazard for you. And so you cutting off the online access is an alternative. The other, as I've suggested, is to check your account regularly, not to see how your funds are doing and all the rest, just to make sure that your account is secured as an alternative. So either would work. It is your decision. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.